Hi and welcome to another Music Ally Focus with me, Music Ally's editor Joe Sparrow. And in this episode, we're joined by Dan Stein, aka DJ Fresh, and Declan McGlynn, who are both co-founders of Voice Swap, the AI-powered service that, as the name suggests, allows you to swap your singing voice for that of one of their chart-topping singers' voices. They chat to me about why they think producers, artists, and writers will want to use AI to transform their voices to sound like one of their featured artists. All that coming up in a minute. Now, each Music Ally Focus episode analyzes one meaningful music business story at a time. So this podcast is also going to be pretty quick. It should take about the same amount of time as David Rush could hypothetically slice 1,800 grapes in midair with the sword whilst balancing on an inflatable exercise ball. David sliced 59 grapes in one minute in 2021, proof perhaps that lockdown did make us all do some unusual things to pass the time. Now, talking of risky balancing acts, one of the difficulties that songwriters and songwriting producers face is using their own voice to sing lyrics on a track that is designed for somebody else to sing. Perhaps their own voice is not very good, or perhaps it's too difficult to picture another artist performing the demo. This was a problem that Dan Stein, as DJ Fresh, faced, and he and his founders are addressing this issue with the help of AI. They're allowing people to sing lyrics with the resulting output sounding like one of the singers whose voices the AI has been trained on. Dan and Declan chat to me about their technology and who will be interested in using it. And they also dig into some of the more complex concepts, like whether particular AI voices might become ubiquitous across pop music and whether AI like this will diminish or boost human creativity. Let's go across to Declan and Dan right now. Uh, So I'm very happy to welcome to the podcast Dan Stein and Declan McGlynn. Hello, both of you. Hello, hello. We've talked about AI in various ways on the podcast before and what sort of effects it's going to have on the industry and the people in it. But we're talking about a very specific use case here and uh, how that will very specifically change the way people do things. But before we get into that, can you do some basic introductory stuff for us, please, and explain who you are and uh, what you do at VoiceWap and what VoiceWap is, please? Yeah, so I'm, I'm Dan, also commonly known as DJ Fresh. Um, and I am known for historically, I guess, being a, a, a figure in the drum and bass scene, having had the first uh, number one uh, drum and bass record and first number one dubstep record. Um, I started a um, music community called Dogs on Acid back in the early 2000s. Um, and I've, I've also um, been involved in other music tech-related startups and, and music record labels and, and that kind of thing. Uh, my name's Declan McGlynn. Um, I'm a music tech journalist and consultant. Um, I've kind of been around the block since around 2007, um, working with the likes of Rolling Stone and DJ Mag, Resident Advisor, Water Music, Splice, Native Instruments, Google, etc., etc. Kind of just mostly in like the tech space, not so much the startup space, but more in like music creator tools, um, working with DIWs and synth manufacturers, DJ mixer manufacturers, pioneers, stuff like that, doing covering the products that they're releasing, but also the culture and the shift that's happened across that time as like emerging tech changed the industries and the artists approach the industry. And then what, what is voice swap? What's the nutshell sort of way of describing this? And why did you, why did you launch it? So voice swap is a tool that allows you to sing in somebody else's voice. Um, and what makes voice swap different from 
other methods of achieving a similar um, result is that we have a, a, a royalty model that puts artists front and center. Um, and we're very focused on quality and doing things ethically and setting um, a precedent for how AI can be used, um, you know, in a positive way that benefits creators rather than stealing from them. Right. Okay. So can you give some examples then of how voice swap could be used or, or is being used and, and who is it aimed at in the, in the music industry ecosystem? Uh, so I'll give you, I'll give you a few, um, examples. So probably the classic one is the one that I think drew me into dreaming up the idea to do this in, in the first place, um, with Nico, um, who's, who's my co-founder and Declan is also one of my co-founders now. And there's a, there's a bunch of us and it's a really great team. So, um, I have been writing music for years and I've worked with, you know, uh, the Pet Shop Boys, Ellie Golding, Rita Ora, Diplo, you know, lots of, lots of big artists over the years. Um, and one of the things that I've always found really challenging is that I can't sing. And when I say I can't sing, that's an understatement. I mean, if you hear me singing, you would want to, I sound like a, like a cat in distress um and yeah yeah i almost feel obliged to ask you to do some now for us to hear it but i'm not going to do that maybe through a model but definitely not my actual voice but um but so it's always been a hindrance for me it's almost like a disability and that probably sounds kind of strong to anybody who isn't a writer or singer or producer um but you know when that when that is such a big part of your career trying to get your ideas across to other people it really is a problem, you know, and I've had sessions where I've, I've just about managed to get gold dust, literally my, my biggest track over the line. And I'm sitting there singing it to Naomi, Miss Dynamite, like, and like a, like a diseased animal or whatever. Um, and, um, you know, and she, and she's, she's like, she's looking at me and she's, she wants to go along with it because otherwise it's really awkward. And she, has respect for my music and whatever um but it sounds so bad that it really half the time it does just doesn't get over the line so if i work with someone um that doesn't know me very well or maybe doesn't really know much about me or doesn't really sort of think much of the stuff i've done in the past they just literally won't listen and i get people like you can see that they're like smiling <laughs> What the hell is this? Right. So, so it, it really sort of is that, it's that. Obviously, we know that you know any kind of music creation is a collaboration is incredibly important, and that connection is important. So it's sort of it's it's sort of a barrier between actually communicating what you're trying to yeah. Do and say. You know, and this this is just one use case for voice swap, but it's one that was very important to me and that has been really transformative in my music workflow. As much as I get to my music these days, which isn't very much, unfortunately, but. It's definitely one of the, the main use cases, giving people that can't sing a voice. Um, and I'll, I'll get back into that a little bit in a, in a second because there's some caveats to that. But um, So that's one use case, probably the most obvious one. Um, the other one is being able to hear a demo of a song in the voice of the person that it's been created for. So imagine I'm working with Kylie Minogue or Rita Aurora 
Um, and I've told Declan this story a few times, but there was one time where, where I had like a 20 minute window with Rita Ora and these producers, the invisible men to try and record a three and a half minute song that hadn't been finished yet. Uh, and then she turned up like seven minutes late. So then we had like, you know, whatever that is, my math is terrible. Um, not long enough. So, um, now what we can do is we can create a model of Rita Ora's voice. It sounds identical to Rita and her songwriters can sing their idea and they can immediately play it to her through her voice. So it sounds almost identical to her singing the idea. And A, that's really useful for somebody who's busy like Rita. Busy is probably an understatement. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, because they can then, she can come in the studio, maybe she's, she's only got 20 minutes, so she, can only, she only gets down a verse and half the chorus, but they can then fill in the gaps and create something that's, that's compelling and um you know uh convincing enough to be able to play to the A&R guys or the manager or right the so it, yeah, right so it's it's really helpful in that it, it like you say it's again it's about communication of the of the the concept to people who need to hear it yeah, in that way yeah well what what do, what do artists say when they hear that the the clone of their own voices they're usually mind blown by it um i mean we we had one demo that we did early on where we had um, a singer that we worked with called Aya Mara, who's he's worked with Calvin Harris, and she's an amazing songwriter, singer. And um, we had her sing a song in Arabic, and then we put it through one of the other uh, singer's voices, this male singer that we work with. Um, and we've got this video of him listening to his voice. I, I just said to him, I want you to record on video your reaction to what I'm going to play you, but didn't tell him he had no idea what he was going to hear. And then he could hear his voice singing fluent Arabic and his face. He's just literally like completely, you can see he's kind of, it's like he's thinking through what this means. And I, I watch his face and I think what he's thinking is he's thinking this means that my voice can be now part of any music market in the world. Right? Like I can, I can basically have somebody sing a song through my voice in, in fluent Arabic and then that can go into the Arabic market and suddenly my voice can be in front of all of these, you know, millions of people that never would have got to hear me before, you know. Um, so, I mean, that's one, that's another use case. Um, and, and I think, you know, translation is a massive use case for AI in general that we've, you know, lots of people think is a unquestionably positive use case really most of the time for AI. Um, we're also launching a, a text-to-speech um, music service soon as well, um, which is about being able to help producers create their own custom samples, which is amazing because, I mean, for me as a producer, I would, you know, I, I hate to say this and probably shouldn't say it on anything that's recorded, but I have used samples in the past. Of course, they were cleared, um, you know, but being able to, when you've got an idea in your head, I, I'd find years ago when I would sample, I'd be looking through films, trying to find something that sounded like this idea that I had in my head. And now I can literally type that idea, pick this amazing voice that before I probably would have sampled off some record, the same person, you know, and then have them speak the thing that I want them to say. Um, and obviously the, the really important part of this is consent. And, you know, the, the fact that these guys are um, compensated fairly and they're brought into this, platform and, and it's fair and something that benefits the artists 
I mean, there's obviously this, this sound, sort of sound design aspect of, of all of that stuff as well. So just being like a tool, like a vocoder, something else that producers and musicians can reach for in their toolbox, you know, for inspiration. Um, and another one is um, music catalogs. So imagine you're, you're a label, you've got all these songs. Now you can basically have it, all of your songs can be a new piece of work when it goes through somebody else's voice. And you can take a male voice and put that through a female model and take, a, you know, the other way around. Um, which, and even just that is, is amazing. I mean, you know, songwriters who are wondering what this idea is going to sound like in the, in the voice of the opposite sex, they can now hear that and play it to people. If things have moved very, very quickly in the AI space, so we, we've gone past perhaps where people were talking a few years ago and saying, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm concerned as, as a songwriter or a performer about what AI might do in terms of taking job opportunities away from me there. And you've just there explored a whole bunch of ways that actually when you think about using a voice that is recognizable in multiple languages and when you think about the globalization of the music industry and music how actually it could expand the um, the, the, the potential of earning for a particular artist other than the things you said what sort of positive outcomes are there in, in a perhaps a wider sense you, that idea of having songs in a different language is really compelling but what, what other sort of perhaps pathways can't people outside of voice what perhaps can't see that things like this could do in terms of changing music or changing how we connect with it and consume it I, th I think so the the thing that I love most about what I'm seeing happen with the community that we're gradually building around voice what is just the collaborative aspect of it um for example Angie Brown who's a legendary kind of house singer who's signed to voice what um, it's, it's, it's really well known and, and quite a lot of people, I mean, everyone knows her songs and quite a lot of people know who she is and I've known her for years and I did a session with her in 2014 and it was the most amazing session. Um, and then I just thought, I, I don't know why, cause I, you know, I was working with all, all kinds of crazy people at the time, but I somehow just felt she was unattainable. So it was like, she came and did the session and I wanted to do more sessions with her, but I somehow just felt like I'd never heard her working with anybody. So, so I, I just felt like, well, maybe she just doesn't do a lot of sessions and I don't want to like bother her or like hound her. Um, and actually, as it turns out, that isn't the case. Now that I've got to know Angie a bit better, she's just very busy on the road. She does a lot of gigs. I mean, she's, she's gigging almost every night of the week in Ibiza or the or UK playing all those classic songs um and um she just doesn't get to connect with people a lot um and one of the best things about her story with voice swap has been watching her going into a, to a session last week with um some pretty some pretty successful producers who would never have ever crossed paths with angie otherwise and they basically put their song idea through her vocal they, they played it through like, you know, all of the models on voice swap and decided that Angie was the right voice for the song. And they reached out to Angie and her manager and said, played them the demo. And they were like, yeah, that sounds amazing. And then they went in the studio and recorded the song and it sounds even better. Um, and I think that collaborative aspect is just as important as like how useful the tool is. And I think as someone who's kind of come from a background of like, my platform Dogs on Acid, which at the time in 2003 was like the biggest um, online music community. So I've always been into 
this idea of helping people network and especially musicians. So for me, that's a really big part of it, the collaborative side. Yeah. And we're not, we're not saying that, you know, um, voice pop is replacing singers at all. That's, that's not the case. The, the, the ultimate goal is what Dan just described, where it facilitates a session for a singer on our platform where they, someone creates a demo, they send it and then they ex- both, both parties are really excited and they end up going into a studio to record it properly, therefore like generating more revenue for the artist as well. So you, you're saying that how you've signed Angie Brown and artists like that to Voice Swap. How, how do artists and performers, how do they react when you say, hey, I want, I want to clone your voice and, and this is going to happen? What, what, what's their immediate feeling and how do you go about choosing the voices that you've approached? Yeah, so I mean, there's, you know, there's been a lot of negative press around AI, which is really deserved, actually. So I think the predominant, um, the predominant sort of temperature of, of AI over the last year has been that we see these big, com- these big AI, faceless AI companies that are creating these amazing tools, but ultimately leaning on data and creative content from people that aren't then you know brought into the picture they're not paid they're not compensated and so you have you know the strikes in hollywood and um on the you know i'm trying to remember the name of the the picture site where they had the the artist strikes but yeah so i think there's this overwhelming fear um and then obviously on top of that there's terminator and all the old kind of stuff where people are just terrified of you know what's going to happen are we is robots going to take over so, so so i think generally there's a lot of negative feeling um and to try and break through that and reframe um the ai um potential to creatives is quite a challenging thing to do but luckily because I am a musician and lots of my friends are musicians. I can have a conversation with them where at least I can, they, they know that I understand their concerns. Um, and so I think that makes it a lot easier to have those conversations, but especially at the beginning, they were really quite tricky. And what I'd find is that, for example, Liam Bailey, um, when I first mentioned it to him, I, I never dreamed that he would be up for coming on the platform because he's such a sort of rootsy guy you know, it's very kind of um, just everything is about being organic and rootsy. And um, I, it just seemed like it was the opposite of everything that Liam was about, you know, and I, I was, but I think he could tell that I was really genuinely excited about it. Um, and we were working together and I was explaining it to him. And the first thing he said, when I said AI, he was like, it was like fresh, the devil, the devil blood, you know, something <laughs> like that. And, 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 I, and I just thought, yeah, that's, that's what I thought was going to happen. And then the next day he called me up. He's like, oh, you know, I've been thinking about that conversation we had. I really want to do it with you. I really want to be part of this because I could be basically the first artist in the world to like legitimately license my voice for AI. And the way that you've described how I'm going to get paid and how fair the splits are just sounds like, you know, where this needs to go. Um, and so, you know, and that that's kind of generally been, the experience i mean now it's changing because people's awareness of, of the tool is becoming a bit you know people now aren't totally mind blown by the idea of ai voices that it's out there enough that people are hearing it um but especially at the beginning it was really tricky but you'd kind of start talking about it and by the time 
I think I've finished going through because because our mission really has been and still is to try and find a hole because we want to fight we want to fix it and there's no way that I I would stand up in front of uh, all of my friends in the music industry and push something that I felt was flawed you know I've got like a 30-year reputation in music and that's really important to me so the last thing that I want to do is is be caught out you know some scenario that we hadn't thought of that could be really devastating and we're very we're very honest with people about the fact that this is a new world there are going to be cases where people misuse it there are going to be a few horror stories just like there were you know in every other form of technology and music that, that there's ever been there's always sampling horror stories and um you know illegal uploads and all of these sorts of things um and obviously this is a new very exciting space where a lot of exciting stuff can happen but there's also going to have to be a lot of control and a lot of work to make sure that it's used responsibly and ethically so you're talking about reassuring performers there and saying hey look you know this is not the horror story that you might think it is and part of that reassurance is the remuneration and and how they get paid for it how how does that work? How do you, how does that work in terms of getting paid for people using your voice? Yeah, so so at the moment we have um, we have two revenue streams for artists. So we have um, a subscription model where users um, initially everybody that joins Voice Swap gets a free minute where they can experiment with any models that they want. Um, and so they can get a taste of, of the quality of the models and the voices and, and that kind of thing. Um, and then they get a subscription or they can buy some credit, um, which is pretty cheap. Um, and then they can use that credit to create personal demos. They're not allowed to do anything with the audio that they create apart from, they, you know, they could play it to their manager or play it to a record label but it can't be shared online. It can't be shared on social media. It can't it certainly can't be released. And we're very strict about that. We have like, you know, when you see these disclaimers on sites, but we literally just keep drilling it into people over and over and over again. So we're really careful. Um, and we have an agreement which effectively makes the user liable if they do go and, and do that. We also use watermarking. So does that help you police it in the sense of like making sure that people don't, that they stick to that agreement, that they don't put it online? Yeah, it's not, it's, not in, it's not infallible. And I mean, we're, we're talking to um, DSPs about, um, and we've actually got an announcement soon uh, about a, a very um, exciting industry first way of dealing with this problem um, by working with DSPs. Um, you know, Grimes obviously has been experimenting with TuneCore uh, around use of her AI voice. So, so this is an area that everybody's working on, um, but it's it's not um, infallible. So we we use watermarking, and 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 it's um, it allows us to uh, track back um, a vocal to the person that made it, basically using our platform. And it, it's not like infallible, so. But, it, you know, it's one of many tools and early approaches to, to dealing with the problems. But I think, like, what, what was interesting right at the beginning was the one thing that we would find is that people would be really worried about this. Like, what's going to happen if somebody 
you know, uses my voice without my permission. Um, and actually, as time has gone by, there hasn't actually been any horror stories yet. Um, and, you know, just like anything else, I mean, if, if you upload something to YouTube or Spotify or whatever without somebody's consent, then the platform has to take it down. So I think people are sort of getting their their heads around the idea that although there are risks, that the, the benefits outweigh the risks. So going back to the to the revenue stream, so subscription, um, we pay the artists 50% of gross subscription re- revenue pro rata down to that artist. So if, for example, somebody has uses all their monthly credit on Angie Brown's model um, and their monthly payment is £10 a month, then we literally pay Angie £5. If there are two models that they use equally, then we pay um, each of those models £2.50 um, and we cover all of our costs from our side, which we think is how things should work in this day and age because compute costs are now at a place where you can't really justify um, an, an online website or platform taking the lion's share of the royalties, I don't think. Now, at this point, let me just take a moment to remind you that last year, Music Ally launched a series of five free courses covering everything you need to know about Amazon Music for Artists, including programming and curation, selling artist merchandise, understanding voice technology, reaching audiences via Alexa, and live streaming on Twitch. Supported by Amazon Music, these courses are all completely free to access. And now, thanks to Amazon support, Music Ally is also able to offer complimentary certification to any individual or company that completes all five of the courses. So what have you got to lose? Nothing, that's what, because they're all free. So you can find a link to the Amazon Music for Artists series in our show notes beneath the podcast. I'm sure the producers that are listening are quite quite excited by this. And, and singers as well, because of the of the of the opportunities that technology like this grants. You know, I, I can definitely see, for example, how you know shaping up a song, using someone someone's AI voice to try and sort of bring a a demo to life. I mean, that's 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 really exciting stuff, right, from a producer's perspective. Um, in terms of like where this might go, in you know, as well as those positives, I'm trying to sort of spot angles where we might. Unintended consequences might come out of it, and one I was thinking of is: is there, as this becomes part of the production process, is there a chance that we might see a future where there's a sort of handful of AI voices that become sort of go-to voice instruments for producers? A bit like when certain new technologies emerged in, I don't know, the 1980s or 90s, and we you hear those sounds a lot across songs. Is there a danger that that might happen as well with voices? Um. I mean, I, I don't think so. One, one of the things that, you know, I, I found myself thinking about a lot at the beginning, because I, I spent a lot of time thinking about all of this stuff, as you can imagine, trying to find dig holes in various approaches and whatever. And one of the things that I used to think about at the beginning was that people would be concerned that their voice would end up all over the place. Um, and then I realized that Ed Sheeran's voice is all over the place, you know, and that's why Ed Sheeran is so famous. Um, so actually, I think if that if that somehow was possible, and I now don't even really think that, it, that that would happen, but even if it did happen, 
I think it would actually be a positive thing for an artist to be all over the place. It might not be positive for other artists who lose that spotlight, but I, I'm kind of um, being hypothetical here, and I don't really think that that's um, that's a likely outcome, to be honest. I, I think like what what we find is that when I look at, so we have a lot of analytics, we can see which models are being used, and there are definitely more popular models out of the models that we have on voice swap um but they they align pretty well with how popular the artist is i would say and then there's sometimes you'll notice that somebody seems to stand out unexpectedly because they don't have that much of a presence as an artist compared to somebody else and then you know we 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 get a lot of feedback from our users and we have like a system where people can kind of thumbs up and thumbs down and leave comments and it turns out generally that there is a specific reason why somebody is popular. It's because, like, for example, Dominique Young Unique has got a, is, is our kind of female rap voice. And she's the only female rap voice at the moment on Voice Swap. So she gets a lot of people using her voice because they want a rap voice, you know. So I think, you know, just like anything, um, like any of these music technologies, like presets, um, even though um you know you could say this model is this person um it's actually a, a big part of of the voice of the person that you that you think of when you think of them is the performance um and the performance comes from the artist so if i sing a demo um I, and i'm not doing loads of tremolo and vibrato and all the techniques that really amazing singers do i can get something good out of I, I am Mara's voice that sounds good enough to get my idea across, but it doesn't sound half as good as, as I are doing it. Um, and just like any tool, it's, it's really about, you know, the person whose hands it's in. Yeah. I think also like it's worth, worth pointing out just about the, in terms of like presets and like sample packs and stuff, like, of course there's like famous presets, like the Korg and one piano and stuff like this and sample packs that are really popular but they're like static, they are static sounds. Um, whereas the models, they they react differently to every input. So like you and I, like Dan was saying, I could sing a, I could sing something, Joe, you could sing something, and Dan could sing exactly the same thing, but it will come out differently just because all of the like millions of data points that the models are trained on, it'll pick up on in our voices, like even like our accent and the way we breathe and stuff. So even though, even if we sing an identical thing into the same model and we all use the same model, the output will always be slightly different. So it kind of creates like, um, it's very different to like, just like go into a synth, loading up a preset and pressing a key. It's where it's always going to be the same. It's like a very different outcome every time. Not very different. Yeah. I mean, in fact, if you, if you take an acapella and you put an acapella through a model twice, it will sound different both times, the exact same acapella. Yeah. And then you consider how the producer puts that into their music and how they mix it and the effects they add and, you know, they put their own stamp on that sound the same way they would a sample or preset anyway. So it's, I know I kind of get what you're getting at, but I don't think you'd see the same thing where you hear a song on the radio and then the next song, it's like they use the same model on voice swap. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a different. Right. So it's, it's, it's more like playing an instrument in that sense that like you, you can yeah. play the same, you know, gu guitar riff again yes. a few times, but it's always a little bit different because of the sort of incalculable. Yeah. Changes and every time. Even if, even if like even if, even we, 
speaking of guitars, like if you if we if all three of us could play a guitar, if I if I play Jimi Hendrix's guitar with his actual original guitar and his amp, I'm not Jimi Hendrix. Do you know what I mean? I'm not approaching it in the same way. Even if I am as talented, which I'm not, I'm not I'm not going to play it the same way because maybe I'm a bit tired, maybe I'm a bit hungover, maybe like you're bringing all of these human elements to the way that you approach playing and performing music in a way that AI cannot learn yet anyway. Um, what I can't learn right now, we don't want it to learn that. That's that's the important part. That's that's what we're bringing to the table as kind of our storytelling as musicians and songwriters. And yes, voice swap is modeling the sound of a voice, but it's not modeling, as Dan said, the kind of performance, the breathing, the way you might enunciate a lyric because it's like really important to you that will make the listener connect in a way. Like these are the things that if you think about, you know, the intro to like Whitney Houston, I will always love you like the acapella part. It's like no one can sing it like that because it's her. We could create a model of Whitney Houston. And we could all sing it, but it won't be that because it's, we're not Whitney Houston. Yeah. Having said that, if we were to get Liam Bailey or Angie Brown to do an amazing, like, you know, acting uh, copy of, um, of of Whitney singing the song and then put it through Whitney's model, it would sound pretty similar. So, and that's kind of one of the things that we're finding at the moment. Like when you take someone who can really sing amazingly and put them through somebody else's model, sometimes the person whose voice it is is, is blown away by it because they're like, I don't even sing like that, you know, because you're really hearing like the, the raw talent of somebody that not the actual sound of their voice it's it's really really crazy my next question was going to be is there a, is there going to be a chilling effect where you know these models get so good that it sort of dials down the human creative element but i guess what you're saying is that actually that human element of decision making performance and nuance is actually if anything, amplified through this, but albeit with a voice that is not your own. Yeah, and I think, you know, one of the positive aspects of it that um, that that maybe it's easy to sort of not think about is that in this world where everybody's creating so much content, you know, and w- what AI is going to do is explode that even further. So this sort of, you know, exponential graph of content we've been on going back to when, you know, Channel 4 launched and there used to be three TV stations and then there was Sky and then, you know. So, like, where I think this is going to go is that more more and more personalised content is going to appear. And in that environment, imagine um, Liam Bailey's voice, for example, or one of these people that we're working with, that their, their voice can be used to create you know, thousands or hundreds of thousands of versions of songs to, to, to personalize the message in some way, maybe for advertising, maybe as just in a creative way, maybe as a birthday message could be anything. Um, but if the royalty model is there to protect the artist and to compensate the artist fairly, this then explodes the ways that their voice can benefit them. Um, and, um, that, that all of that content that's created using um, these AI voices could never be created by the people themselves. So we've we've got examples where, like this girl Mylene Schuler, um, it's cra- crazy story. So she um, left the music industry to have a family, um, and I've got this whole story in my past 
something really similar. My dad died recently and he had a similar thing where he was very successful. He had like a track that went to number three in the charts back in the 70s and then ended up doing something totally different because the singer in his band settled down, had a family. So they were kind of left without a singer and that, that, you know, he always used to say, oh, you know, I feel like I lost the opportunity to have this music career. Um, and Mylene was in the same situation where she's got this incredible voice and her manager saw voice swap and he reached out and said, you know, Mylene is amazing, but she's really dedicated to this family life that she's having now and she just can't do sessions with people. And we think that voice swap could be a way to like keep her, you know, in the mix, people working with her virtually, working with her virtual voice. Um, and so we and so we put Mylene on the platform and within 10 days we had Rob from Pendulum, the, you know, Rob Swire, he'd, he'd written this incredible demo for one of the really big EDM stars, like a, a writing demo that he didn't want to put his voice on. Um, and he called me up and was really excited about it because now he was able to like create a female demo with his own voice that sounded exactly how he wanted it to be Mylene was super excited because now she's working with Rob Swire you know so there's definitely a lot of positives and and yeah as you say there are there are some concerns and it's really important that you know people that care about the music industry are working on this and listening to people's concerns out of interest let's say you want to do uh sample someone's voice and, and incorporate it into the system how does that work do they, do they, have, they have to go into the studio and they, and sing something specific how much audio do you need how does that work so we so there are platforms out there at the moment they're not particularly uh i would say ethical because they they let people create models of hitler's voice and all kinds of crazy stuff is out there and i mean there's all kinds of crazy stuff out there and generally it's very low quality so our, our whole thing you know because obviously we're coming from a you know the background of me being a music producer and we've got ben jordan involved who's a music producer and lots of people that are from the music industry so we're really about trying to create the highest quality models we can create um, so we put a lot into training the models and, and, and often we might need to retrain them three, four or five times over. I mean, it's, it's almost like a continu continuous process, like improving the models. But just to, in theory, just to, if you had the perfect data at the beginning um, and you trained it perfectly, you probably need about half an hour of, of singing, maybe a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so but, but obviously it's kind of the secret source of like how we get our models yeah, yeah, sounding sure. the way that we do. So then looking ahead then, you know, this is obviously a, a highly evolving space. Things move very, very quickly. And I'm sure VoiceWap is moving very, very quickly in terms of how it's developing its technology, but also uh, sort of embedding itself into the industry and as producers pick it up and use it. What, what if you look ahead, maybe a, like a year or two, what does success look like for you with voice swap and, and how would you define that? Yeah. I mean, so, so one of the things that I've found myself saying quite a bit recently is that whatever happens with voice swap, I feel like all of us are aligned and excited about the idea that we can help to set a precedent here because the model of the past in terms of streaming and royalties, as everybody knows, and this is like a, you know, nobody's even really arguing about this aside from some of the DSPs, 
but that model is completely broken. And what's so, so important in this world that could be potentially scary, like we've said, is that we set the, the stall up right in the beginning. Um, and so for us, one of the biggest things is just making sure that we create a, a model that has an impact on the music industry. Because if, um, say, like Universal and Sony, who may not own the AI rights to some of their artists, they may not actually own the underlying rights to their voices, so they're going to have to go and sign new deals. And we, we, we want to get to a place where people hear about what we're doing and when those labels approach them and say, we want to, you know, put your stuff on our platform, that the artists will go, well, voice what's paying 50% of streaming and 80% of licensing. So, you know, we that's what we want from you. And and that's kind of, I think for, for all of us, you know, we've all, everyone that's involved in voice swap, has, there's quite a few kind of people that have had some really cool sort of music industry stories and been around for a while. And I think the one thing we have in common is we're all at a point where we feel like it, it, what's more important than the money or any, any of that stuff is the legacy and doing something positive and trying to have like a positive impact. So it feels like a perfect opportunity for that. Changing the perception of AI and, and making people realize that there is a way of creating ethical AI models and, and that, and that it, it should be required of AI companies to fairly compensate um, creator, creators and put that at the forefront you know that when i mean we have conversations with um ai companies that are creating you know text to music models and we're hearing some some companies now starting to take a leaf from that book and and, and pay you know license content and there are problems with that and what's really important is that we don't brush these problems under the carpet it needs to be transparent it needs to be we need to work on these problems together and find the solutions yeah all right well look i will i will obviously put links to um voice swap and some examples of of the uh the technology in action next to the podcast and people listening can go and check it out for themselves and and, and see it happening uh in front of them and it, it is really impressive and, and it will you know for me as someone who's not a musician it made me think about interesting things I could do with it, you know. Um, so I'll put those beneath the podcast for people to look at. Uh, one final question for you both, just to add musical context to all of this, after, after talking about technology uh, and music for this time, is if both of you separately could pick a, a, one piece of music to listen to for the rest of your life, what would it be? One piece of music to listen to for the rest of your life? I can tell you what yep. it wouldn't be for me. Okay. It would not be gold dust, that's for sure. <laughs> If I hear that song one more time, I'm going to, yeah, it's, it's weird because it changed my life, but it's weird, you know, like your own songs, you can just hear them too much. What would it be for me? I will put a link to that song beneath the podcast so people can judge for themselves. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what would it be for you, Dak? Oh, man. Um, what a question, real curveball. Um, I think probably something by Prince, yeah. but I don't um, Maybe if I was your girlfriend, well, you could Prince. pick an album, I guess. Oh, yeah. You could pick an album if you really want. Sign of the Times, yeah. Sign of the Times, just playing on a loop forever. Why not? Yeah, that's a, it's a good choice. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll put both of those songs. Uh, Dan, your Never Again song, and Declan, your uh, your Forever <laughs> songs, uh, are next to the podcast. And uh, yeah, well, uh, Dan Stein and Declan McGlynn, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Okay, huge thanks to Declan and Dan. And you can check out the software um, that they've been discussing in the link that is beneath the podcast. And if you found that interview useful, please share the podcast on with somebody else 
who you think will get something out of it. And if you want to get in touch with me, of course, I would love to hear from you. You can email me on joe at musically.com. That's joe, J-O-E, at musically.com. We also have a free weekly email called The Knowledge, which rounds up bits and pieces of the best analysis, news, marketing insight, and skills for Music Ally. So sign up and impress your boss. Links are in the description, as always. So that's it. Thanks for listening. I've been Joe Sparrow. You've been you. And until next time, farewell.